This is the Avinu.info podcast brought to you by the Avinu.info blog author and senior pastors of Living Church Ministries International, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe. Today's topic, creating a place for God with prayer. Creating a place for the God of the Bible. One of the first worshipers to create a place for God, the prophetess Miriam. Miriam first appears in the Bible in Exodus 2 and 4 as she watches her baby brother float down the Nile River in a pitch-covered basket so he would escape Pharaoh's order to kill all male Jewish infants. Miriam boldly approached Pharaoh's daughter who found the baby and offered her mother, Moses' mother too, as a nurse for Moses. Miriam was not mentioned again until after the Hebrews had crossed the Red Sea. After the waters swallowed up the pursuing Egyptian army, Miriam took a timbrel, a tambourine-like instrument, and led the women in a song and dance of victory. The words of Miriam's song are among the oldest poetic lines of verse in the Bible. Exodus 15, 20-21 of the Amplified reads, Then Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went after her with their timbrels and dancing. And Miriam responded to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously and is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Altar In Jewish culture, an essential object of worship was known as an altar. These altars were situated at specific locations, typically on designated holy sites. The God of the Bible would meet with a priest, a type of military field operation responsible for maintaining the sacred altar. Periodically, the children of Israel built altars along a particular route as they traveled to places where Adonai directed the establishment of the altar site. The keeper of the altars was Adonai's choice. They were servants whose hearts and spirits were measured by their adherence to the particulars of his responsibilities. Their lack of enthusiasm would show if the field operator's hearts weren't wholly devoted to the Almighty. If the fire of the altar goes out, it is due to the condition of the priest's heart. Leviticus 10, 1 through 2 of the Amplified reads, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered a strange and unholy fire before the Lord as he had not commanded them. And there came forth fire from before the Lord and killed them and they died before the Lord. The objective of the altar is to create an atmosphere for the holy existence of the Heavenly Father. This enables him to direct spiritual warfare against the kingdom of darkness with his angelic forces. When the priest or priestess creates a place for Adonai, they facilitate the establishment of forward-moving operations by the Almighty. Hebrews 1 and 14 of the Amplified Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? An altar can be constructed wherever the spiritual atmosphere is conducive to holding the presence of God. For instance, non-Jewish Cornelius wasn't trying to build an altar. He prayed to the God of the Jews. But when the Jewish Messiah saw the holy state of this man's heart, the Holy Spirit fell from heaven and seized Cornelius' house. Acts 10, 28-31 of the Amplified And he said to them, You yourselves are aware how it is not lawful, or permissible for a Jew to keep company with or to visit or even to come near or to speak first to anyone of another nationality. But God has shown and taught me by words that I should not call any human being common or unhallowed or ceremonially unclean. Therefore, when I was sent for, I came without hesitation or objection or misgivings. So now I ask for what reason you sent for me. 
And Cornelia said, This is now the fourth day since about this time I was observing the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, of prayer in my lodging place. Suddenly a man stood before me in dazzling apparel, and he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and hearkened to, and your donations to the poor have been known and preserved before God, so that he heeds and is about to help you. Where are your altars? While altars can exist anywhere, they are found where great value and respect exist. 1 Chronicles 21, 18 through 25 of the Complete Word Study Bible. David offers a sacrifice. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spoke in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David, and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it to me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen, also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering, I give it all. And king David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place six hundred shekels of gold by weight. The Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary defines the Hebrew word for altar, misbeah, a masculine noun meaning the altar, the place of sacrifice. It is a noun formed with the verb zaba, which means to slaughter an animal, usually for a sacrifice. The sacrificial system was at the focal point of the pre-Israelite and Israelite systems of worship, since the sacrifice and subsequent meal were used to solemnize a covenant or treaty and to symbolize a positive relationship between the two parties. Noah built an altar and offered sacrifices on exiting the ark in Genesis 8 and 20. The patriarchs built altars and sacrificed at various points along their journeys. At Mount Sinai, God commanded that the Israelites build the tabernacle and include two altars, a bronze altar in the courtyard for the sacrificing of animals and a golden altar inside the tabernacle for the burning of incense, and Ezekiel followed a similar pattern. God also commanded that the altar for burnt offerings be made of earth or undressed stones because human working of the stones would defile it. Moreover, God commanded that the altar should have no steps so that human nakedness would not be exposed on it. Territory intercession is a large area where prayer warriors began to proclaim the attributes and characteristics of God. Placing labels and designations ascribed to God is what angels proclaim in heaven, on earth, in the sea, and under the earth. The Prayer Altar Although prayer typically refers to devotion, invocation, or blessing in the context of the altar keepers, it becomes a message routing mechanism for intercessions to inform the commander-in-chief about who he is and what he has done. Divulging attributes to the Almighty of who he is doesn't mean he is not self-aware, but when the intercession ascribes greatness to his name, they are creating a place for his sovereign rule to exist in their sphere of influence, or when the intercessor clarifies what the Almighty has done and will do, they are establishing his abilities in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Ascribing labels upon a person is such a serious undertaking that if done contrary to an individual, it could cause the loss of one soul. Matthew 5 and 22 of the Amplified 
But I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice, enmity of the heart against him, shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. And whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you cursed fool, you empty-headed idiot, shall be liable to and unable to escape the hell, Gehenna of fire. I wonder how many people have been condemned to Gehenna because they were unaware of the destructive power of their words. Here is the proper way to use war of words against enemy forces and the Holy Spirit will accompany you. Romans 12 and 14 of the Amplified. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. The proper use of labels. So when Hannah, the intercessor, ascribes the attributes of the Awesome One to the Almighty, she describes the King of Kings in that place of her influence, establishing that enemy territory with countermeasures, dominating their sphere of impact with the particulars of the King of Glory, Yahweh. 1 Samuel 2, 1-3 of the Amplified reads, Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults and triumphs in the Lord. My horn, my strength, is lifted up in the Lord. My mouth is no longer silent, for it is opened wide over my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance go forth from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. 1 Samuel 2, 9-10 of the Amplified He will guard the feet of his godly ones, but the wicked shall be silenced and perish in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge all peoples to the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to his king, king, and exalt the power of his anointed, anointed his Christ. Revelation 5, 4 through 14 of the Amplified reads, And I wept audibly and bitterly, because no one was found fit to open the scroll or to inspect it. Then one of the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin said to me, Stop weeping. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root, source of David, has won, overcome, and conquered. He can open the scroll and break its seven seals. And there between the throne and the four living creatures, beings, and among the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin, I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, who have been sent on duty far and wide into all the earth. He then went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin prostrated themselves before the Lamb. Each was holding a harp, lute, or guitar, and they had golden bowls full of incense, fragrant spices and gums for burning, which are the prayers of God's people, the saints. And now they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to break the seals that are on it. For you were slain, sacrificed, and with your blood you purchased men unto God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom, royal race, and priests to our God, and they shall reign as kings over the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voices of many angels on every side of the throne, and of the living creatures and the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin. And they numbered ten thousand times ten thousand and thousand of thousands, saying in a loud voice, Deserving is the Lamb who was sacrificed to receive all the power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and majesty, glory, splendor, and blessing. 
and I heard every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth, in Hades, the place of departed spirits, and on the sea, and all that is in it crying out together, to him who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, be ascribed the blessing, and the honor, and the majesty, glory, splendor, and the power, might, and dominion, forever and ever, through the eternities of the eternities. Then the four living creatures being said, Amen, so be it. And the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin prostrated themselves and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. The Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary defines the Hebrew word for prayer, tapillah, a feminine noun meaning prayer. The word is used to describe a prayer that was similar to a plea in 1 Kings 8 and 38 and 2 Chronicles 6. David is described as having the courage to offer his prayer to God in 2 Samuel 7. King Hezekiah was instructed to pray for the remnant that still survived in 2 Kings 19. And in Jeremiah, the word is used to denote what not to do. In example, do not pray with any plea or petition in Jeremiah 7. The word is used by the psalmist as he cried to God to hear his prayer in Psalm 4 and 1. He asked God not to be deaf to his weeping, but to take heed to the turmoil his servant was in. In a similar manner, the psalmist again uses the word in a plea to God to hear his prayer and to know that it did not come from deceitful lips. The word is also used in Habakkuk as an introduction to the rest of the chapter, indicating that what followed was his prayer in Habakkuk 3. The Hebrew word for to keep or samar, a verb meaning to watch, to keep, to preserve, to guard, to be careful, to watch over, to watch carefully over, to be on one's guard. The verb means to watch, to guard, to care for. Adam and Eve were to watch over and care for the Garden of Eden where the Lord had placed them in Genesis 2. Cultic and holy things were to be taken care of dutifully by priests in 2 Kings 22. The word can suggest the idea of protecting. David gave orders to keep Absalom safe in 1 Samuel 26 and 2 Samuel 18. The Lord keeps those who look to him in Psalms 121. The word can mean to simply save or to preserve certain items. Objects could be delivered to another person for safekeeping in Genesis 41 and Exodus 22. The word also means to pay close attention to. Eli the priest continued to observe Hannah's lips closely as she prayed in 1 Samuel 1. Closely related to this meaning is the connotation to continue to do something as when Joab maintained his siege of the city of Rabbah in 2 Samuel 11. The verb also indicates caring for sheep in 1 Samuel 17. The Hebrew word also means to maintain or to observe something for a purpose and is followed by another verb indicating the purpose or manner as in the following examples. Israel was to observe the laws of the Lord so as to do them in Deuteronomy 4 and 5. Balaam had to observe accurately what he had been charged with in Numbers 23. And Israel was responsible to keep the word of the Lord and walk in it in Genesis 17 and 18. The word naturally means to watch over some physical object, to keep an eye on it. In its participial form, the word means human guards, those who watch for people or over designated objects in Judges 1 and Nehemiah 12. The Lord as the moral governor of the world watches over the moral and spiritual behavior of people in Job 10. Genesis 2 and 15 of the Amplified, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Genesis 45 and 10 of the Amplified, you will live in the land of Goshen and you will be close to me, you and your children and your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and all you have. 
Exodus 8 and 22 of the Amplified. But on that day I will sever and set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of gadflies shall be there, so that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. The church became constipated for the reason of praying for itself. 2 Corinthians 4, 3-5 of the Complete Word Study Bible But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. 2 Corinthians 8, 8-9 of the Complete Word Study Bible I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Let's talk about standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Hebrew word for standard is degel, a masculine noun denoting a flag, banner, standard. It depicted banners or standards to identify the various tribes of Israel in Numbers 1 and 2. Also in Numbers 2, it represented the tribe to which a group belonged. It depicted the attitude and intent of the lover towards his bride in Song of Solomon 2. Numbers 2, 1 through 3 of the Complete Word Study Bible speaks of the tribal arrangement of the camp. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard, with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Amenadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Avinu.info blog podcast. Special thanks to our authors, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe, and to our editor, Val Gunter. We ask you to help us with a gift of any size. Many lives are being changed worldwide by this ministry. Contributions can be mailed to 401 Omega Street South, Birmingham, Alabama 35205, or visit Avinu.info and click on the donate button to make a secure payment with your debit card, credit card, or PayPal account. Thank you in advance for your giving. Always walk blessed in the strong name of Jesus. To contact Bishop Roscoe by phone, please call 205-323-3733. 205-323-3733.